the Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 177 for October 18th, 2009. California's cool cars, Verizon's droid does, and Sidekick getting back online. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Kappas. Brought to you by Netflix and supported by listeners like you, subscribers to The Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked. More information at thecellphonejunkie.com. Well, first this week, I wanted to talk about The Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked, show number 33. The Fall CTIA 2009 conference had a lot of great vendors showing off a lot of products and services, and we had the chance to get to talk to many of them. Some were even gracious enough to give us some time to interview them. The show actually showcases some of the great phones that were out there, such as HTC's Hero, a unique service from Zero One that we've talked about here on the show in the past, and we talked to the CEO of that company to find out where that company is headed, and also some innovative software from folks like TomTom, as well as six others. So if you're interested in hearing what happened at the CTIA show, you want to make sure that you get subscribed to the Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked so that you can hear show number 33. Uh, We also wanted to mention again, last week we talked a little bit about it, the Cell Phone Junkie's uh, iPhone application that's out there now. It's a great way that you can support the show uh, by going over to thecellphonejunkie.com and clicking on the link in the show notes that'll dump you into iTunes in which then you can download the application. And it's a, it's a real fun one that allows you to have basically constant access to everything that we're doing here at the show, whether it's listening to the latest show, if you don't uh, download shows regularly on your computer and you want to just have it basically available anywhere over Wi-Fi, 3G, or Edge. Uh, you can also use it to call the show, email the show. Uh, we've got some some show note uh, linking in there as well, and uh, just quite, quite, a, quite a bit of stuff that we've been able to integrate into the application. And a big, uh, you know, big props, I guess, go to the company that hosts the podcast, Wizard Media. They're the ones that put together the template for it. And so we've been able to take advantage of that. So it's, it's been a, it's been real good. We had a lot of people write in over the week saying, Hey, thanks, you know, for the application and, you know, been able to download it and whatever. And it's, it's been a lot of fun. So if you're a fan of the show and you want to help us uh, by supporting the show, you can do so by downloading the application. It is a dollar 99 and all the proceeds uh, from that will go to that, that we get from the application will go back into making the show even better. So we do appreciate everyone who is downloading it. Uh, well, let's jump right into the news here. First thing I wanted to mention uh, is a, a very interesting story that came out, and it's it's somewhat phone-related, but it's more or less related just to, uh, I guess, wireless in general. And in, out in California, a, a new law has gone into effect that will take uh, – well, I should say has, is, is in the works right now that will take effect in the next decade, and it will – put on the glass of the vehicles a a coating that will prevent 45% of the sun's thermal energy from getting into the vehicle. And uh, that is what they're supposedly going to have by 2014. Then they're going to raise it up to preventing 60% of the sun's energy from entering vehicles. So what this is, is it's a reflective uh, metal oxide additive that they'll be putting into the glass. And by doing so, the air conditioners in the cars won't have to work so hard. And thus, gas mileage will be improved. So this all sounds good in theory, but the materials that they're using to do this are going to be degrading of radio frequency transmissions. And so any device that uses RF inside that vehicle, such as a a cell phone, a GPS receiver, a broadband card, whatever it is, is going to have degraded service. So it is kind of interesting that what they're doing here definitely has some, some great, you know, benefits as far as energy savings, but it could cause a lot more, you know, hurt for the people that are going to be having the driving those cars. 
Yeah, it certainly may. Um, it, it it may not be that big of a deal uh, once we get these uh, and once they're tested. It may not affect our call quality. I mean, we've got so many t- uh, you know cell sites everywhere that it may not be too bad. But if it is, Mickey, almost every car these days, uh, I know my car has a cellular antenna built in already to go for the car kit that you can get installed. Um, it, that they that is an option. So you may have to use uh, the car's antenna, or you may have to use one of those systems like uh, you had reviewed, Mickey, where you can do a, it's kind of like a cell mini cell site repeater inside the vehicle. Yeah, there's there are some ways that you can get around it, but uh, obviously we're trying to you know trying to figure out ways to save energy, and this is you know one of the unfortunate side effects of doing that. Uh, but you're right. By having those external antennas, you could obviously, you know, take the the signal that it's receiving outside of the car and bringing it back in. So it's actually not too too bad, I guess, when you look at it that way. Yeah, and on this uh, fuel savings, you know, keep making the AC work less hard to uh, save fuel is something that I've always kind of uh, thought was interesting about daytime running lamps because those are always using the headlights and that's drawing. You know, they they usually use reduced power so they're in the 30 40 watt range for each bulb which i mean that definitely adds to your fuel uh fuel usage keeping those electric lights on all the time so you get a safety aspect on one side but you're actually consuming more fuel on the other no, I guess you could say that about pretty much everything, though. I mean, you could add in uh, the radio. I suppose if you've got the radio going, I mean, that would Absolutely. do it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that takes definitely some power. Kind of depends on the particular radio system you have in your car. Some draw a lot more power than others. So I guess what we're saying is drive your car with no air conditioning, no lights, and no radio. And it'll don't be a, charge your cell phone. Don't, yeah, it's going to be a great experience just driving down the road. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's hot and you can't see and you're just bored. It's, yeah, using the blower motor also keeps, your, uh, keeps it, uh, sure. you know, draws power. But of course, having your windows down uh, really increases the drag on your car too. So no windows, no blower, no anything. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, this this is, uh, like we said, going into effect here in the next decade in California. So it'll be fun to watch this one because it certainly is related to phones uh, in just a little bit. Uh, next one here, Nokia posts its quarterly earnings or loss, as the case is here, a, a net loss of 559 million euros, which is about $834 million. It's the first quarterly loss in a decade. And uh, the loss comes after reported 20% drop in sales and a 1.17 billion euro write down, uh, mostly for the charges on the Nokia Siemens network uh, that they were working with that on. So Nokia said that the smartphone market share that they had dropped to 35%, which was at 41% the previous quarter. A lot of competition out there, obviously the iPhone, all the products from RIM, as well as Palm, and now the new Android offerings. There's a lot of other devices that you can choose from out there other than just what Nokia has. So seeing some losses there, close to a billion dollars in just that quarter alone. Sony Ericsson reported uh, largely poor results for its summer quarter. They said they shipped only 14.1 million phones during that three-month span. Uh, That's an increase from 13.8 million in the spring, but down uh, 45.1% from the summer quarter a year ago. Uh, that led to a twenty-four or $244.7 million loss uh, versus $317 million loss that they had in the spring. So Sony Ericsson seeing some poor numbers as well in this summer quarter. Uh, next here, Cradle Point Technologies has a router that combines the ability to uh, share your m- 
modem connection or your cable modem connection. Uh, but in the case that you lose that broadband, it switches over to 3G. Goal is obviously to keep the network users working with virtually no interruption to the internet. And uh, it could be a little expensive here, though. We're talking about th- about a $300 price point. The fail-safe gigabit N router supports over 110 U.S. carrier modems, includes a five-wired Ethernet port, high-performance internal antennas, and two external Wi-Fi ports, as well as 802.11N support. Uh, this is something, Joey, I know you have in the past used modems that have had backup, di- you know, dial-up backups on them, but this is even better. It takes the, the power of 3G broadband and brings it to the home. Yeah, and that's kind of neat. I mean, it's sort of like the MiFi in a, in a you know, different way, but... Uh, it's great to have that backup option. I love, you know, redundancy in, in equipment like that, especially in something, um, depending on your situation, how critical broadband can be for so many different things to be able to have a seamless switchover uh, when your internet connect- connection goes down. I, I remember, you know, back in school, Mickey, I, I mean, everything uh, I had to do was, you know, over the internet. And if I didn't have that capability, it was, uh, that was a world of hurt for me. So um, having that, uh, the the I had to use my, uh, backup dial-up connection quite a bit of my local network because uh, uh, the the wiring for for Quest for me, for my DSL, was exposed on the side of the street. It wasn't buried. It was actually all the the bundle, the pairs of wires were hanging out in the open. And let me tell you, that doesn't make for a very reliable connection. (laughs) I I can imagine not. You know, the the idea of doing this is something that I, I think really needs to be, you know, looked at even you know further as we move in down the road of 4G as people are considering you know what the the anticipated uses of that technology could be and, and I'm just generally excited for anything that integrates 3G into you know the current way that we use broadband internet and I, I think it's a I think it's very interesting 300 bucks may be a little pricey but again that's just you know that's just the beginning cost and I'm sure that'll come down Moving forward, uh, next here, Android facing some danger of fragmentation. This is an editorial from uh, J.K. on the Run and James Kendrick put together this story here and, and talked about um, how when, when you look at what has happened, especially taking Windows Mobile as an example, and how the, when, they, when they first started launching devices, there were really only a few out there that used the platform. And over time, as more and more hardware manufacturers are taking on the software to implement on these devices, it, it really makes more for a diluted or fragmented market when you talk about uh, you know, what, what people think of when they think of uh, Android. And I find it you know, kind of interesting that you know, this is you know, now starting to come up on the Android side. Obviously, Android has a lot to gain with all these devices that are coming out. Lots of different applications will be developed for it, and I know it's going to be very successful. But what does it mean you know, for you know, on the fragmentation side? I mean, it's definitely you know, a branding issue when you're trying to tell somebody, you know, I've got a Google phone or I've got an Android phone. The, the general public is not really thinking much about that, and, it, and it's going to cause a, a little bit of confusion for that consumer. Yeah, especially when, you know, the devices are drastically different. You know, compare it to an iPhone. You know, it's locked into Apple, Apple software, Apple's design. The iPhones we've seen thus far, the only really differences are, are mostly internal. I mean, the screen and the, the, the UI, they're all identical. They can all run, you know, the applications with the newer versions of the software that you put on. We're going to see a little difference here with Android. Uh, first of all, we've got newer versions coming out, so they're going to be drastically different in that case. And then on the hardware side, we've got uh, the hardware manufacturers actually developing you know, overlays, kind of like uh, HTC's, what is it, Sense? Is that mm-hmm. what it's called? Yep. Um, so it's going to change the user experience there. 
Um, and then once hardware manufacturers get their hands in it, what, what they'll do is they'll revise the software to run on their hardware. So then what the, then what you have happen is hardware incompatibilities creep up. So if you have software in an app store, some of it may or may not be compatible with your particular device. So then right there is where the, the big issue comes into play. You won't have that compatibility um, in all cases, making it a consistent experience for the user, which could be you know very detrimental in the long run for it. Uh, I suppose if the numbers are so big for Android and they've got systems in place, I don't see, I'm not real familiar with the actual development of Android apps, but maybe the way they've got the it designed, that won't be an issue and everything will work just fine. And if the, I hope that's the case, I, I kind of doubt it, but I hope it is. Um, if they don't have that in place, it could be, it, it could lead to a little dilution of their, of their product. Yeah. And one of the, the best, uh, at least most poignant things about this article is stating that more, the more people or the more companies that are getting involved in the development of it, uh, the more variants we're going to see of it. And, and that kind of summarizes what this is saying is that you, you're going to see so many, as Joey's saying here, you're going to see so many different things that are happening with the platform as more people get involved with it, that eventually, you know, you get well, like what happened with Windows Mobile. It's like every phone that comes out for Windows Mobile now is is on a care that's on a carrier is so different than every other device. It doesn't, it, it, it's hard for a developer to take on, you know, development for it if they don't know, you know, the size, the size of screens are different, the types of, you know, processors in them are different, and, and obviously they're going to take on a different amount of, you know, trying to run that application. And so you, you've got all these, very, like, you know, variables, and, and that's what's making it tough. Yeah, and one thing that, that really makes platforms seemingly strong um, for mobile platforms is games. And, of course, games need to take advantage of hardware and the audio processing and this, and they need to be as fast as they possibly can. And that's just impossible if you've got, you know, different hardware to support. You, you just can't do it as a game developer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, yeah, exactly right. So anyway, it, it's a it's an interesting story. We'll link to it, of course, so that you can check it out if you're interested in reading more. Well, the Advanced Television Systems Committee, also known as ATSC, has approved the mobile DTV broadcast standard. This is going to allow mobile devices such as phones and laptops to receive free over-the-air digital TV that is broadcast by local stations. The devices with mobile DTV receivers will be able to tune in and watch local programming and also receive emergency alerts and even some on-demand content. The Open Mobile Video Coalition, which is the industry association made up of the 800 broadcast stations, says that it is preparing mobile DTV programming for broadcasting. And in conjunction with the ATSC announcement, Samsung introduced its first mobile DTV chip, which is expected to be used in devices such as mobile phones, car-mounted televisions, and portable media players. AT&T announced that it is adding coverage to the areas of Colorado that are Boulder, Denver, Fort Collins, Greeley, Loveland, and the Front Range by turning on its 850 megahertz spectrum. Users in these areas should see improved 3G services. Well, Verizon announced something very sneakily this week. Sneakily? That's not really a word. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, with a marketing campaign they're calling Droid Does. Uh, basically, it says, uh, it goes into saying, you know, the I don't. It, it's a play on the iPhone. And so it says, I don't have a real keyboard. I don't run simultaneous apps. I don't take night shots. I don't allow open development. I don't customize. I don't run widgets and I don't have interchangeable batteries. And then it switches over to a a screen that simply says droid does obviously taking a stab at uh, some open uh, or some 
development that they're going to have come forward here with some Android device. Uh, Verizon has basically confirmed that they are putting together an iPhone competitor. Uh, unlike a- previous Android phones, though, this Android device is rumored to have the TIO Map 3430 processor, which is the same used in the iPhone and the Palm Pre, which will also have uh, a version of Android. 2.0, which is something that is significantly uh, upgrading the user interface from the current Android 1.5 and 1.6 devices. Uh, it's also taking into account that obviously everything that uh, it, or it, it's it's highlighting everything that it can do that the iPhone can't, uh, which is you know obviously the things that we just mentioned among other things. And uh, you you add to that you've got the Verizon network there, and I think it's relatively interesting to say the least, if not you know a very positive move forward for Verizon. And it's one thing to say, you know, we've got a better network and to say, you know, we have a map for that. But when you're actually taking on it and taking a device side by side and comparing it, uh, it, it really makes a big deal uh, for the user because they're not aware that there are devices out there that can do more than the iPhone because they see so much of that out there right now. You know, we've had lots of iPhone killers here, Mickey, in the past few years. I mean, we've got the, the storm was supposedly an iPhone killer. We've had... Uh, you know, even the, the first Android phone, the, the G1, was uh, kind of a, a, an iPhone killer. And we've had the Pre. Um, that's a little fizzly on that uh, front. Uh, Instinct, that was the iPhone <laughs> killer. Looks, Where did that thing go? I mean, that went nowhere, yeah. I mean, really. I mean, there's a lot of dedicated users to it. But, you know, the number of apps that became available for that uh, phone was basically nothing. Uh, I mean, we've had a lot. But you know, now that Android's becoming more mature and it's got a lot more power behind it, now we've got some competition. Yep, and I think that's one of the that's one of the great things about the open development nature of the Android platform is that you, as we just talked about, we just came off a story talking about you know the possible delusion uh, or you know complication of it, but at the ver- at the very least, it's going to allow a lot more people to open up and use a device like this because it is a free OS. Yeah, it, it is, and that's where we we've got. That's where it makes sense for for device manufacturers to pick it up because there's no licensing costs involved with it. So it's it's a lot more. It makes a lot more financial sense for them to 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 actually implement Android than it does, let's say, Windows Mobile. Right. Yeah. And I, there, at this point, I don't think there's any reason to take on anything other than Android if you're looking, you know, for a, a smartphone platform. It's just it's it's one of the better ones that's out there, and it's it's improving very very quickly. Well, and then, you know, at the very least, then look at the backside. It's coming from Google where it has very good integration with Google applications on the web, which is what, I mean, what else do you use anymore? I mean, I don't use anything other than Google apps on the web. So, I mean, right there, then you've got just so much more value built into it already for the, for the end users to actually be interested in buying this Google phone. Yeah. And it's a, you know, couple it with the Verizon network, and I think it's definitely a win. Uh, well, this is very cryptic at this point. We don't have any specifics on when or what it's actually going to be, but uh, I'm guessing that's going to be coming here within the next couple of weeks. So very fun, though, to see those kind of advertisements come out. Very uh, 
you know, kind of one of those that makes you stop as, as a phone person, especially, and go, okay, Verizon's on to something here. Let's see what happens. So uh, one real quick thing here. Uh, in the Washington, D.C. area, if you're a user of the Metro, Sprint announced availability of their network services on Sprint and Nextel to 20 of the busiest underground stations along the metro system. The move is uh, in a, you know, promising to improve the workday commute for hundreds of thousands of passengers who depend on the metro to travel between their home and workplaces every day. It will also be easier for the tourists who visit the capital area to be able to stay in touch with those that they need to. So very good uh, news there for the Sprint Network. On the T-Mobile side, they're attempting to make amends for their Sidekick customers who were cut off from their personal data last week. T-Mobile said that Sidekick data service has been fully restored and the company and its partners, Danger and Microsoft, are doing everything they can to determine the cause of these issues. T-Mobile noted that it now appears possible for some end-user data that uh, is now uh, has now been recovered. In fact, that has since been changed. They're saying that almost all data has now been recovered covered. For the customers who have experienced uh, a significant or permanent loss, T-Mobile will be sending them $100 customer appreciation cards in addition to the one-month credit of the Sidekick data services. The card can be used towards uh, any T-Mobile goods or services, and uh, more details will be received by those that were affected by the data. So, But good news is, though, that, like I said, most of the people that were affected have had their data restored, uh, from you know coming from a, a period where they thought that they weren't going to be able to get back any of it. So very, very good news on that front. Walmart and TrackPhone rolling out a new non-contract calling plan for only $30 per month, providing customers with 1,000 minutes, 1,000 texts, and 30 megabytes of data per month. The plan is called Straight Talk. For heavier users, there's also a Straight Talk Unlimited plan that offers unlimited minutes, texts, and data for only $45 per month. The two companies have already conducted pilots with the new plan, and they're planning to roll it out uh, in the middle of the month nationwide across all Walmart stores. Well, uh, we want to talk about our first sponsor here today, and that is Netflix. And, uh, you know, we talk about Netflix every week, and it's a great way to help support the cell phone junkie. You can sign up for a two-week free trial. Plans start at only uh, $5 per month. You've got over 100,000 titles to choose from. You can keep each movie as long as you want. There's no late fees. Uh, you can do free shipping both ways, free delivery in about one business day, and cancel any time. Plus, as a bonus to your DVDs, you can watch some of the content over the Internet for no additional charge. And, of course, we appreciate your support of the show by signing up for that free trial. Uh, the movie of the week that I had this week, or I guess we'll call it the TV shows of the week, are The Sopranos. I've been doing a lot of travel here recently, and uh, one of the things that I really like to do is rather than sit down and watch a full movie while I'm traveling, you know, whether it's on a plane, at the airport, in the hotel, I like to watch TV shows. And so what I've done here is I've, I pulled uh, up my Netflix account and prioritized The Sopranos and put that up front. So I, I've never really seen the series, which I know is a, a shame, you know, in many regards, because it is, you know, quite quite a good show, I guess. Uh, and I started to you watch guess. it. I guess. <laughs> you guess what in the heck? <laughs> okay, it's it's pro- it's arguably the best TV series ever made. How's that, Joey? Okay, there we go. That's a little better. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I'm going back to season one, starting with season one, and just watching episodes. And this is the great thing about Netflix is you can go and and get almost any of your favorite TV shows that are out there. They've got full seasons, and uh, you can get the DVDs and you know take them with you. You don't have to have them back somewhere at any given time. So it's not like I'm going to the video store and you know pulling you know out The Sopranos and I can only have it for a couple of days and then it's got to go back. I get it for as long as I want. Um, I can travel with it. I can do whatever. 
and it's just a great service. So I, I'm I'm really appreciative of you know what they do and, and how they do it. And I I just I absolutely love it as a service. I'm so happy that we have them as a sponsor for the show because we get to talk about it every single week. So if you haven't tried Netflix, head over to the cellphonejunkie.com. Link on the right side. Click on it. It'll take you to the Netflix page. Type in uh, the information that it requires, and we'll get you signed up for a two-week trial. It's it's pretty simple. You can cancel any time, and uh, I, I'm just I'm confident you're going to like it. It's a lot of fun, and so I, I appreciate it. Um, so anyway, so Sopranos was me. That's what I liked this week. And uh, this week I didn't do too much, but I watched a little bit of uh, Law and Order SVU. You can watch those instantly on the the Roku and the streaming, and you know they're little forty-three minute little episodes. They're they're you know a little little cliche, but they're still fun to watch. Yeah, they that that's true. I, and there's, you know, there are there's so many things that are out there now that you can stream. It's seventeen thousand choices instantly, and you can stream it to uh, if you've got an Xbox three sixty, uh, TiVo, or select Blu-ray players, as well as of course any computer. You can uh, either Mac or PC. Load it up, and if you're so inclined, hook it up to a big screen TV if you want to, you know, watch it in a in a little bit more comfortable area. I believe some of it is even streamed now in uh, HD, if I'm correct. So uh, that, yep. it, it's, yep. pre- it's pretty it's uh, pretty it's pretty good. I've been very impressed with that selection as well. I don't don't watch it as much as you do, but it's still still kind of fun. Yep. By the way, they they upgraded the uh, Roku. It initially wasn't HD support, but it was a few months ago they upgraded it um, to uh, have HD support. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, just one one other way that you can watch at the Roku, of course, what Joey uses to watch most of his content. So very, very nice. Let's talk about devices here. The iPhone uh, captures 21% market share in Australia. That's a huge number. Uh, research firm IDC has reported that 21% of Australian smartphone users are now using the iPhone. Uh, that puts Apple in second place behind Nokia, but just ahead of BlackBerry. So that's a uh, big numbers in Australia. Uh, uh, Australia's first Apple Store opened just uh, 15 months ago. So that's an interesting fact there. Haven't been around in Australia for very long. Updates on the iPhone on Bell in Canada. Uh, Bell will get the iPhone 3G and 3GS starting on November 4th, uh, just as their HSPA-based 3G network is going live. Releasing the 3G and 3GS uh, will bring uh, the, on the same date the new network, uh, a couple other smartphone devices as well. Uh, but uh, the one we wanted to just highlight here was the iPhone. Uh, contract-free models will be available for $599, $699, or $799, depending on which version of the phone that you get. So good news if you're on the Bell network. Also, Ponage Tool 3.1.4 for the iPhone OS 3.1.2 is now available. Uh, there was some rumors this week, and uh, actually it looks like a little bit of fact, that uh, some iPhones were now becoming unjailbreakable with a new version of the bootloader that was being shipped with them. And it's it's one of those things where it's, it's still a cat and mouse game. Looks like some people have been able to get around that. Uh, some people are still having issues with it. But anyway, if you've now upgraded to version 3.1.2 of the iPhone OS, the Ponage tool is now available for your uh, jailbreaking pleasure. The first GSM Palm Pre is now available in Germany. It's got Euro-specific applications, and uh, it is available for 20 euros, and that's on the O2 network, and that uh, is with a specific plan, of course. Uh, It will cost you 481 euros without the contract. Uh, So if you're interested in picking one of those up, uh, uh, there's more information here in this story. Also, the Palm Pre now available on the O2 network in the UK. The 8-gigabyte black version is available with all the same specs is what you'd find here in the U.S. It comes uh, with uh, for free on a 44-pound per month 
plan, which gives you 1,200 minutes on unlimited data and Wi-Fi. That monthly price, it goes down to 34 pounds if you sign a two-year contract and bundled with 600 minutes. So a couple of different options there if you want to pick up your pre in the UK. Uh, HTC's HD2 could be coming to T-Mobile. Uh, T-Mobile fans, uh, look for this 4.3-inch capacitive screen, one gigahertz Snapdragon processor, Windows mobile device to be coming to T-Mobile uh, sometime in the future. No word yet, but it looks like T-Mobile uh, US is going to be getting this device. Hopefully, will come with 3G as well. Good news on the, the Windows mobile side. AT&T now selling the Tilt 2 for $300. We talked about this one. A variant of the Touch Pro 2 from HTC now available on a two-year contract for $300. The BlackBerry 2 are coming to US Cellular. If you're a tour fan or a user of US Cellular, you're going to want to take note of this one. Uh, taking uh, on the best features of the 8330 curve and the 8830, uh, you can pick up this QWERTY-based BlackBerry uh, for, I believe it's $100. Uh, next year, the uh, BlackBerry Storm 2. A lot of stuff r- rolling around this week about the Storm 2. First off, the um, the Storm 2 could be coming very, very soon. First, uh, Verizon Wireless's CEO, Lowell McAdam, told the New York Times he's been carrying it around for several weeks and has been showing it to college students at Verizon Wireless stores throughout the New York City area. McAdam doesn't say when the device will be available nor what it will cost, but he said that Verizon and RIM are trying to get it uh, right with this do-over, also known as the Storm 2. Among the improvements include uh, the gives a new phone feature giving the sensation of pushing a physical button when pressing on a number uh, on the touchscreen. Uh, also, they're saying that they're going to have, uh, obviously, some other features that are uh, upgraded with it, uh, but nothing really specific at this point. Uh, going to RIM CEO Jim Basili, uh, Basili, excuse me, he's saying that there's a big change coming in November, and the company is planning to shake up the market when it opens its private communication network, which will allow BlackBerry users to receive email and a constant flow from their social networking sites uh, and an entertainment content feature uh, from other sources. Basili indicated that customers will love whatever this new social networking push is as much as they love their mobile email. Kind of, kind of, uh, I don't know, not real specific there, but uh, RIM has also acknowledged that the BlackBerry Storm 2 will be coming to seven different European markets. It will run version 5.0 of the software, and it will provide, obviously, the same physical feedback as the Storm 2 that we're talking about for the Verizon network. Onboard storage has been upped from 1 gig to 2 gigs, supporting microSD cards up to 32 gigs, and it will support quad-band edge and GSM with 2100 megahertz HSD, uh, HSDPA. It also will have a Bluetooth 2.1, A2DP, GPS, 3.5mm headset jack, and a 3.2 megapixel camera, available sometime in November for about $200. Uh, an interesting story from CrackBerry. If you're a BlackBerry user, check out CrackBerry. They've got probably some of the best news out there for the Blackberries. And it was an editorial that was written by the site's editor, Kevin Michaluk. And and he goes into some very interesting detail of why this device has been so strangely announced. And that being Verizon not sending out a press release uh, and really just kind of having the CEO just talking off the cuff and having the blogosphere have to talk about it from there. Uh, he is... Uh, suspecting that there are some quality assurance issues with this one. And I kind of agree with him after reading what he has to say. Verizon has denied the Storm 2 from technical acceptance and goes in to say that they would normally have sent out review units, but have not at this point yet because they're not uh, comfortable with how the device has gone out there yet. So it's uh, it's pretty interesting. And I really wonder how much of this is actually true and when we're going to see really the official, official announcements for when it's going to be here in the U.S. It's hard to say. It said in the article that they uh, only do their their uh, their testing 
um, delivery information is on Friday. So maybe it'll be uh, this upcoming Friday or maybe it'll be uh, two weeks. I- I'm not sure. Yeah, it looks like uh, an October 21st release date, which uh, was the initial you know date that we had, is going to be completely blown past. I don't know that we're going to see this one uh, come to fruition, but you never know. I guess we could we could see that come out here, which is just a, a few short days away. So anyway, we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on this one to find out when the Storm Two finally becomes available. Vodafone has said that it will be up for pre order on the twenty sixth. Again, this is uh, the distinction between the international versions, the the, the GSM three G versions of this device versus the CDMA version here in the U.S. So it looks like the U.K., Ireland, Germany, Netherlands, Spain, France, Italy, and South Africa will have this device within the next couple of months for sure. The BlackBerry Bold 9700 officially out on T-Mobile Germany uh, with a, or not officially out, officially announced launch in November. This 9700 Bold will also be coming to AT&T and T-Mobile here in the U.S. most likely, uh, but the 9700 available is coming soon for T-Mobile Germany. HTC Heroes uh, showing up as only eVideo Rev Zero for many Sprint users. If you've got yourself a hero, go into the settings and take a look. Are you, in fact, seeing that the mobile network is CDMO, CDMA Rev Zero instead of the Rev A when you know you're in a Rev A area? Apparently, they've gone back and said that it's an error uh, and that the, even though the user interface is stating that it's only on Rev Zero, you are, in fact, operating on the Rev A network, and this will be fixed with a maintenance release into the future. Uh, hopefully, we'll get this one right here with the next one because obviously for those that are you know kind of anal like that that's going to be you know kind of a disappointment when you're not seeing the evdo rev a t-mobile temporarily halting sales of the sidekick they had, uh, ceased selling the sidekick family of devices online this past week well uh, they were having issues uh, with the software and having all the data being you know not not saved uh, t-mobile has said that uh, they will be getting the device back online for sale hopefully very very soon and once they can verify that uh, everything is is moving properly with them but uh, a check right before the show showed that the device is still not for sale so if you've got a sidekick uh, you're one of the few for right now uh, no new ones are being sold sprint gaining the motorola debut this is a nextel direct connect device uh, which is on already on sale on boost mobile now coming to the nextel network 99 dollars after rebate and new agreement uh, push to talk slider device Nokia and AT&T shared a few details this week about the availability of the Booklet 3G. It's going to be available at Best Buy stores through the holiday shopping season. $299 if customers purchase a two-year, $60 per month AT&T data plan. Alternatively, customers can pay full retail for $600, no commitment to AT&T. It'll be available starting on the 22nd of October, and we'll have Windows 7. Uh, next year, Albuquerque adding T-Mobile 3G to its network. Uh, the, uh, no, the network was announced this week from T-Mobile. If you're in the New Mexico area around Albuquerque, you've got 3G service now live. Uh, next year, our next sponsor, the, T, the, the T-Mobile, the Cell Phone Junkie Unlock Show. If you subscribed yet, if you haven't, signing up is easy. Visit thecellphonejunkie.com. Click on the link for the Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked. Then click on subscribe to premium content. Follow the instructions to get signed up. Everyone who has signed up already, Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. We definitely appreciate your support and appreciate every single subscription that we get. Uh, the the uh, you know the last week has actually been uh, quite uh, quite impressive. We've had a, a number of new people that have signed up for it, so I'm really happy to report that the the success of the unlock show is going very well, which uh, will only 
gain uh, traction here as we move forward. So great news. And thanks to everyone again for being a subscriber to the Unlock Show. Just a couple of software stories here. HTC releasing Windows Mobile 6.5 updates for non-US phones. Windows Mobile 6.5 for the Touch Pro 2 uh, the in the Finnish and uh, worldwide English version, as well as for the Snap. So only a couple of versions there of HTC devices are getting updates. Um, you can get each of those over uh, at the links that we're going to put in at htc.com. Apple rolling out in-app purchases for free applications. Apple made that available this week for developers who are creating free applications for distribution that once the application goes out, they can add functionality for the user to pay for content from the within that application. This will negate the need for a light version of an application that are, that are available for some applications in the App Store and help protect developers from some of the privacy concerns that they're currently having. Uh, we've got some questions here, actually just some comments this week, but a uh, comment from Joseph is the first one here. And Joseph, uh, someone who's written in to us many times, says that uh, regarding Google Voice connecting to rural numbers, perhaps you do not recall that there were several services, including Future Phone, Voice over IP XP, and Free Canada, as well as free calls to Canada, the UK, Mexico, Germany, etc., by calling several numbers in area code 712 out of rural Iowa. These services all located to rural locations in Iowa and then forwarded their calls elsewhere. Calls to these rural exchanges charged up uh, the companies carrying these calls, such as AT&T, Sprint, and MCI, and there were many times that the transport cost of the calls uh, were not normal uh, when calling these rural areas. Also, you talked about there's a map for that. Well, AT&T isn't entirely truthful either when they make their claim about having the most coverage worldwide. AT&T provides service only in the U.S., and anytime you step out of the U.S., are, you're going to be going onto the roaming network. By and large, they have all uh, they all have the same or nearly the same roaming partners, and uh, it, it is really that the largest worldwide coverage that would be actually provided by Verizon if you were to compare the U.S. map versus all of the roaming partners that they have across the world for their world roaming phones. Uh, there are several devices on Verizon, of course, that are being sold with GSM as well as CDMA. This one is a is a great one, and I'm glad he brought it up because that you know that's something when you see these TV commercials where you know I kind of f- find them you know comical and humorous and whatever. It, it, they don't explain it real well, and showing that Verizon has coverage basically in every corner of every state you know in the country. And it's not really entirely true. If you look at the map, it's eighteen. Or it's Verizon service as well as all the roaming partners. So y- you can't really say that's where Verizon has you know their native service here in the U.S. But it's where their phones work. And unfortunately, what they're doing is they're taking and they're making the map comparison that they have for a- AT and T, the actual AT and T service versus where Verizon's phones work. So. It's a, it's a little misleading, and you do have a good point, though, that, I mean, you really have service everywhere in the world with these three carriers, actually Sprint as well, if you include all the roaming partners. Yeah, pretty much. You know, the one thing is, though, if you take AT&T's 3G coverage is what that map is is for. Yeah, it's the, the, the Verizon map is showing the Verizon roaming partners where you can get 3G coverage, but AT&T, there's, no, are, there, there's probably only a handful of roaming partners that provide 3G coverage for AT&T. I, 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 don't, I don't know of any, actually. Um, so if there is some, there's probably not many. So even if that is showing just native coverage, maybe that's uh, a fairly fair comparison. Yeah, it's one of those things where you really have to be very careful when you're watching these things or reading about what they're doing because it's not like they're showing you something that is 
is is entirely truthful. There's a lot of fine print with it. Um, they're obviously marketing it in a way that's beneficial towards them. So it keep it keep that in mind. You're you're talking. Yeah. You're not talking about you know an apples to apples comparison necessarily. So, um, but you know whatever. Regardless, it brings up uh, it brings up a lot of interesting points, and I appreciate Joseph uh, bringing that up there. We're going to include a link as well that it kind of ties into this. There's when you talk about uh, what is happening with these two networks, something similar to this is AT and T's um, claims against Google Voice and violating the federal regulations uh, that they are you know by what they're trying to do. And I don't want to get into this too much here, but there is an interesting story um, from Fire or excuse me, FierceBroadbandWireless.com, and it goes into what a little bit more of what Joseph is saying. And, and it's I guess it's kind of interesting, you know, net neutrality and uh, you know how data is is moved around. But I, I don't know if you've got anything else you want to add to that one. Oh, it's just it's just how they uh, what the actual you know the backstory is on how those rural telecom carriers are making the money. Uh, and why they're making the money and how this all comes to play together with the FCC's rules on open, you know, access to for the the carrier. So it's just kind of interesting. Yeah, uh, a lot of you know digging into you know some of what's happened in the past with with the letter that was sent out uh, and and whatnot. So, but basically going after the FCC to say, look, we need you to uh, you know to take a look at Google Voice. It's it's violating some regulations and stuff. So a little bit interesting there. So if if you want to read that. Got a link here right at the end under a comment from Joseph. Next one here, a comment from AG says, I could not find the $60 plan that you guys talked about last week for AT&T. The unlimited plan that I found is actually $69 and offers you unlimited minutes for 10 cents a minute. Once again, the phone company's stretching the meaning of unlimited. And I, I felt kind of bad when I got this email because I, I wanted to really make sure that I could, I could figure out a way to explain this. And I went back in and it's it's true. AT and T, you know, right on the front of their page, it, it's their their prepaid site. It talks about how you can get the sixty dollars unlimited plan. And I think it was Friday. I looked this up, maybe Thursday, and, and I couldn't find any sort of way to actually add that plan. They've got like three or four different options for plans. Once you click on you know the banner ad that they've got on there. There, there's nothing on there that gives you $60 for unlimited minutes. So I'm not sure if it's from the zip code that I'm typing in or they just don't have it ready to go yet. But uh, it, it was it was a little frustrating. And I really, I, I, I don't like that they're doing that, that they're saying we've got an unlimited plan here. But then when you go and try and add, you know, you try and add that or get it, you can't do it. You can only do the $70 plan that gives you unlimited minutes at 10 cents a minute, really, is what it is. So I don't know. I, I didn't really like it, and it kind of it kind of bugged me, you know? So Yeah, I, that is, it's kind of false advertising. Yeah, exactly. Exactly the problem. Uh, and finally here, comment from Franklin. He says, did you guys know that Sprint has a calling circle called Pick 5? I know about their unlimited mobile plan, but this allows me to use my Google number as others uh, do on networks like T-Mobile. So I, I, this is a great thing, too. I, I didn't know about this, that Sprint has this pick five. It's you know your five friends or my faves or whatever you want to call it. And yeah, you can add your Google number to it. So whenever someone calls you, um, you can have it p- come through as your Google voice number. And or when you make a call, it actually rings through to the phone to connect the call via your Google voice number. So it looks like all your calls are coming through from that one number and essentially giving you free unlimited calls. Uh, It's pretty good. (laughs) That's very good. Yeah. And even if you do it for where you want to actually see who's calling you, you can have their, you know, caller ID come through, but all your outgoing calls, if you do them through the Google voice service, the phone will ring through with your Google voice number. It's, it's pretty good. 
So anyway, uh, we do have a couple things to mention here. If you want to get in touch with us, questions at thecellphonejunkie.com is the email. 206-203-3734 is how you can call us and leave a voicemail. You can also follow us via Twitter, twitter.com slash tcpj underscore Mickey or twitter.com slash tcpj underscore Joey or follow what's happening on the website, twitter.com slash cellphonejunkie or of course thecellphonejunkie.com. We've got the iPhone application. We've got, uh, you can leave us comments over at iTunes. You can visit our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the cell phone junkie. Just tons of ways to get in touch with us. Do whatever you want. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, hopefully uh, we can get some more great comments this week as well. So uh, I am traveling this week if I sound a little bit different. And uh, I'm using a mobile setup. Hopefully everything is going to work out right here. And we'll be back uh, next week uh, in a, you know, more normal setting, but uh, hopefully it's going to sound good. I like the microphone that I have. It's the Rode Podcaster. A lot of fun. Uh, works very, very well. I used it for a couple of years as my main microphone and then switched over to the Sterling Audio one that I have now, but it works really well. It's nice and small, travels well, plugs into the computer nicely, and uh, allows for Joey and I to do this just like we were uh, any other place. So a lot of fun. So Joey, as always, thank you very much for your time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com.